That is so retrograde. Hell yeah. You know what? It actually is retrograde. It is. And we can only say that a few times a year, and this is one of them. I'm Elizabeth Cott. And hello, I'm Stephanie Simbari. Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome. We went into retrograde September 17th. Mm-hmm. Mercury retrograde in the sign of Libra. And I know we all hear Mercury retrograde and we're like, dear God, what's going to happen to us? We better hold on to our hats. Um, And yeah, sure, things are going to get mixed up. But I, Elizabeth, read, well, I'm Stephanie, but I'm talking to you, Elizabeth. I read Mystic Mama and I thought I would just share like a concise little paragraph. Mysticmama.com, great source for all things astro knowledge on the interweb. Yeah, they have their source from like a bunch of different astrologers and they cover the topics from a few different angles. And it's a really nice way to tap in and check in with what's going on in the cosmos. Yeah, So, so what did they say? For this Mercury Retrograde... They said, this is the first paragraph, and then you guys, and you can take your personal <laughs> home computers and research it yourself. Here's what happened. Stephanie didn't feel like reading the whole thing, so... Yeah. That, we only have so much time. That's true. Even though I feel like I could do a great dramatic reading of a Mystic Mama website. Yeah. Okay, so Mercury Retrograde is actually in Libra, and what it says is that this retrograde brings the gifts of clear seeing and bridging the past with opportunities to resolve and bring truth to light. Mm. So I feel like what you experience with that possibility is some at least what I'm experiencing and I feel like you too is like a bit of heaviness and like a haze and confusion and like definitely like patterns and weird things from my past are like repeating on me a little bit and I'm feeling kind of stressed about that yeah but what I'm trying to do is take the advice of Mystic Mama and like translate that into like how can I use what's happening and like set myself free from them in this moment and I feel like that's what the retrograde gives us the opportunity to do so looking at it as an opportunity rather than a burden is probably the wise choice right and then go on Mystic Mama and you'll see all the other qualities of it which is actually like quite beautiful we love the idea of the re when it comes to retrograde we've Mm -hmm. actually done two episodes that explore the meaning of retrograde so you guys should check them out Uh, kind of digs deeper into like the blanket idea of retrograde and I think what's kind of cool about this particular retrograde is... Would it be per or par? Since it is spelled P-A-R. I feel like it's particular. Yeah, you're right. She's beautiful, but she can't spell. I can't spell. I, you know, <laughs> they taught us inventive spelling back when we were five. Inventive spelling? Yeah, it's like you spell it how it sounds. Wrong. Well, then you have to learn to correct it. Right. I never went to that, that level. That's so funny because my school did... They didn't call it inventive spelling, but... <laughs> We did like we they would teach us to write with no punctuation. So mm-hmm. we would be like free writing and now I'm like so bad. I'm like, where the fuck does a semicolon go? Like I've never been clear on that. Yeah. Revisit that. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna reunite with my grammar conditioning and this retrograde. So in particular. Yes. With this retrograde, it's kinda cool because as we talked about last week, we touched a little bit on Rosh Hashanah mm-hmm. and Uh, We were both raised Jewish, but we're obviously curious to the core ideas of all religions and belief. Well, I was raised Jewish, but my father is Roman Catholic. So I always kind of lived in this space of like questioning which was what because both my parents came from like a different lineage. And so this adult version of that started like at that point. My parents, one is reformed and the other is conservative, which really felt like a mixed marriage. My dad was raised kosher. So when he married my mom, he asked to have the household kosher which my mom grew up and she's like none of that no. my dad doesn't cook so that's a funny thing yeah we have separate pots and pans for everything and whoa um i don't think he understands that that's so annoying yeah but we thought you know we're curious yeah. about religion so why not start with our own 
mm-hmm. that we know nothing about. I know. I'm like, I think Yom Kippur. Wait, uh, like, I'm not sure. Let's get into it because, you know, there's a really cool just mindfulness takeaway. And the older I get, the more interested I am in, in tradition. And I think tradition and ritual really overlap. Today we have on the show Ryan Weiss, mindfulness expert, mm-hmm. talking about Yom Kippur. Which is the second Jewish holiday. So the retrograde is smushed in between Rosh Hashanah, the New Year, and Yom Kippur, which the Day of Atonement. a lot of it is about reviewing this past year, what you want to let go of, what you want to call in. We're going to have Ryan talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. But I do want to say everyone I know has spontaneously burst out in tears within the past 24 hours. <laughs> I know. And including myself. Yeah. And you. Yeah. We did a little bit of it together. Yeah. Which oh was my God, nice. that's right. It was beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for being there for of me. Of course. Anytime. Um, and our <laughs> listeners at home, if you feel like spontaneously crying, we fully support you and we're with you. Wait till the episode is over. Or cry during. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's whatever. A, I don't know. I'm not trying to tell you how to live. It's cathartic. <laughs> our producer right now just started crying. Yeah. <laughs> this is a safe space, everybody. She's like, I wish you guys were funnier. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to edit this so much. Oh, my God. So, hey, why not just get right to it? Welcome, Ryan. Welcome, Ryan. Yes, that's a retrograde. Today, we are welcoming to the show mindfulness coach. And anyone who wants to wake up with him every morning can with his daily email, waking up with Ryan. We're re-welcoming him to the show. Is this the third time? I think so, yeah. Friend to the show. We just finished Rosh Hashanah. Mm-hmm. And the Jewish New Year. The Jewish New Year. For mm-hmm. you guys out there. The high holy days. Mm-hmm. And we're headed into Yom Kippur, mm-hmm. the more somber of the New Year celebrations, if you will. You know, there's a whole mystical side of this stuff. You know, there's the Jewish New Year, which is Rosh Hashanah, but it's the New Year of the lunar calendar, which has been followed by humanity for thousands and thousands of years. And this is something I just learned is that the Jewish calendar is based on the lunar cycle. Right. Yes, yeah, so I was ready. I was researching this, <laughs> uh, trying to understand. So every new moon is a new month. Well, I mean, in terms of the new year, we're, it's similar to our American new year or our whatever new year. Um, it's in Judaism and in the service for Rosh Hashanah, we always take time. And, and the theme of the high holidays, which is these 10 days that begin with Rosh Hashanah and end with Yom Kippur, they're called the 10 days of awe. It's the time where it's the belief that on Rosh Hashanah, the gates of heaven open. And we are to look back at the year before and to take an inventory where did we love? Where did we withhold love? Where did we trust? Where did we violate? Where did we speak poorly about somebody? Where did we refuse to speak poorly about somebody? Where did we support our community? Where did we run from our community? We're to take an inventory and we're then to ask for forgiveness. This is like, you know, they always say like in, in Christianity, Catholicism, we ask for forgiveness like every freaking day, you know, we're like, in Judaism, we don't do that. We just do it for these 10 days, which isn't true because I think we need to be asking for forgiveness every day. But also Jews are pretty much feeling guilty like every day. So right. we're doing we it like But maybe that's year. why. Yeah. Maybe because we're not like. It's, it's really pent up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't wait for Yom Kippur so I can let this off my chest. Exactly. It's this opportunity on Rosh Hashanah, the gates of heaven open, and we're given an opportunity to take this inventory, ask forgiveness for the sins, which in archery, sin is a term that means to miss the mark. And then we're given the opportunity to look into the next year and to what is said in Judaism, ask God to be inscribed in the book of life. 
So it's believed that in these 10 days that it is believed that, that God is judgmental. But if we have sinned and we ask God for forgiveness, he, she, it will clear our sins. What we're heading into this week is Yom Kippur. It's believed that on Yom Kippur, the gates of heaven close. And, you know, we fast on Yom Kippur, we don't eat or drink, which is an opportunity to sort of feel the suffering for our sins, for our mistakes. Acknowledging the mistakes, I always looked at it, and then atoning. Yeah, I'm going to make myself uncomfortable. Right. And almost work through that to the yeah, lox like, meal. No, it's like, well, if you <laughs> have low blood sugar, you're going to be thinking about some stuff. Oh, yeah. my God. Well, and it's, and it's, like let, it's like you make yourself uncomfortable so that you can let all your shit come up. Mm. Right. We spend too much time being comfortable, and when we're comfortable, we don't let our darkness come to the surface, and then it just lurks underneath the surface, consistently tormenting us, making us miserable all the time. Mm. And this is um, why, you know, I, I don't want to be focused so much on, on the religious aspect. I think that there's as I said at the top of the show, there's just a beautiful mindfulness exercise that comes from this. And um, you mentioned leaving some parts of the tradition at the door. And and I really want to take the idea of God out of this conversation and more so the opportunity to look at yourself and check in is such a, a beautiful thing. And I think that regardless of your religion, it's a nice cue to action. Yeah. And also related to like the astrological conversation as well, we're just about to enter Mercury retrograde, which also kind of asks us to like look inside and like review some of our past choices and like confront some things that we may not have had the awareness or ability to confront in the past. And so I think it's like a really cool time where we can just like wherever you're looking to your traditions, you're being called to like say, yeah. okay. Now I have to show up for this and, and let it go. And I deeply respect what you're saying and about wanting to leave the religious aspect and the God aspect at the door for a moment. However, I can't have a conversation about this and leave the God aspect out of it. No matter what we call it, no religion has a dominion over the idea of God, but we cannot heal without the intelligence of the universe. So if it's just us alone in our process, we're not going to heal because we don't have the ability to dig so deep into our psychology to unhook all the synapses that have developed from all the fucking pain and jealousy and anger that we experienced from before we can even remember experiencing life. We need that aspect. We need to call and call on the intelligence of the universe to enter into our mind to heal that stuff. A higher power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think by whatever I name we call Jesus, take the wheel. The, yeah, let Jesus take Jesus. the wheel, mm-hmm. as these two Jews like to say. Yeah, three, yeah. three Jews. <laughs> Here we go. Um, two and a half, really. Oh, really? Yeah. You're the half. Yeah, I'll just uh, I'll see myself to the door. <laughs> <laughs> Are you circumcised, Stephanie? Uh, no. Oh, well oh. then, get yeah. a, gotta go. <laughs> Caught. We should have checked that before she walked <laughs> know, in the room. Um, Circumcision check. Dicks out. <laughs> so with that, this opportunity to check in with ourselves. What do you suggest anybody can use this time for? Mm-hmm. And how to do it. How like, to do it's it. one thing to say, look at where we've missed the mark, ask for forgiveness, but like, would you suggest like writing it down? Yeah. You know, what is a good way to access yourself in that way? So, what I would recommend is that you take 10 minutes to yourself, take a couple deep breaths, and then ask yourself the question in looking at this previous year, 
What am I ready to let go of? Actually, let me rephrase that question. What do I need to let go of? Because the thing that we most need to let go of, typically we're not ready to let go of it. Mm. The relationship, the job, the health issue. We don't actually want to let go of it, but we need to let go of it in order for it to be transformed, right? Mm. That's the only way. It says in A Course in Miracles, what you place on the altar, so literally what you give over and you place it on the altar, is then altered. So if you write down, what do I need to let go of? And you write about that situation. Write it all fucking down. It's write gonna, down. A lot's going to come out, much. I feel like. Yeah, let's pour it it's out. a big question. I always surprise myself. I'm like, yeah. wow, I didn't realize that all these thoughts about the situation were in my head. What's so powerful about writing is that it stops time. And it shows you what your ego is thinking on a piece of paper so that your ego can't trick you into thinking that it's fine or whatever. So the first question is, what do I need to let go of? And then the second question is, what am I ready to call in? Right? And it might not be, I might not be ready to call it in. So, what do I need to call in? Do I need to call in romance? Do I need to call in prosperity? Do I need to call in trust? Do I need to call in vulnerability? Like, mm. what do I need to call in? And write it down and let yourself go wild. Too often, when people write this vision for this next year of their life, they write it based on what they think is possible. Or prop, I'm saying, sorry. Probable. What is probable. And we want to shift from a probability vector to a possibility vector. And anything is possible in the land of God. Anything is possible when you put your intentionality behind it. The universe is pouring through you right now. And our job is to direct its energy to where we want it to go. Drop the mic. Everybody get that? Yeah. (laughs) So, so let's just sum it, sum it up. Yeah. Write down what you need to let go of. Write down what you need to call into your life. And then I would suggest put that piece of paper somewhere and look at it next year. Did and then and then you know did I did I let it go? And did I call didn't, it? In? There's always in next Yom Kippur. Or a month later, because it's so. The thing about these holidays is that you know we we put so much attention to it, and then we tend to forget. Yeah. Um, I think that that constant check in. To that, I think having the same conversation at the dinner table amongst loved ones is mm. something that could be really powerful. Mm. It's a crazy time to be alive. We need to support each other in this. Yeah. Um, to go back to what you said at the beginning, um, when you were in temple as a, as a youth and you used to disconnect from what they were saying there, I myself find a, as much as I'm really developing my relationship with spirituality and religion and what that means to me and learning what that means to me, I still feel a deep disconnect when I'm in the the quote-unquote traditional temple setting and through the conversations I've had with others. That's a common feeling for people of our generation. A lot of us were forced to attend these Services forced to attend these to participate exactly. It was not an option. Right to somebody who this past year has is learning about kind of rediscovering this as you are. What do you have to say about that? Asked to be guided where to go, because there are communities popping up everywhere all over the world that are redefining what religion is and what spirituality is within religion. The the basis of religion that we have now is based on the idea that there are special people who received a decree from God that said that they are the ones that have the connection to God. We, quote, lowly folk, have to go to that person to connect to God. 
And that is fucking bullshit. We all have access to God. We all have access to the universe. With every breath we take, we have 37.2 trillion cells in our body that are all somehow divinely guided to serve us, right? The fact that you out there listening to this podcast right now can receive, so I can speak using my vocal cords, I am vibrating air that is entering into a microphone that is somehow translating it to your speaker system that is vibrating air where you are right now. Your ears are receiving that information through vibration, translating it into your brain, and somehow all of this is making sense to you because you can understand the words that are coming out of my... That is a miracle. So to that energy that lets that happen, say to that energy, dear universe, dear God, dear spirit, I crave to be a part of a spiritual community. Show me where you would have me go. I guarantee you within the week, you'll meet someone or you'll overhear a conversation and you'll hear that you have to go to this place and you'll go there and you'll feel. And it's about going in a feeling, like feeling and seeing, do I feel at home here? And if you don't, that's cool. Don't fucking complain about it. Don't start talking shit about it because then you're just wasting your time. Just go find another place and say, yeah. redirect my steps. I'm definitely going to have that same conversation with my parents when I go home for Yom Kippur. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ryan, thank you so much. Uh, we can find your daily emails at wakingupwithryan.com. They are seven days a week, and they are a lovely first thought in the morning. As you say that you can't fight people from uh, picking up their phones first thing, but you can offer something to think about yeah. to start the day. And I think that that's really beautiful, and I think our listeners will really enjoy that. So I urge you to check those out. You love Instagram. Waking up with Ryan. I'm all about the social. I mean, all about the Insta, actually. I love the I love the Instagram. That's really the only thing I use. Can I plug one other thing? I just feel that probably the majority of your listeners, just like the majority of my readers, they are people who are are, are really interested in what we're talking about, obviously. They are healers. They are speakers. They are coaches. They are writers. They are... And a lot of what I've found is there's a lot of people who are doing that work right now in our generation who are also suffering financially. And a dear friend of ours is creating a free video series right now. It's Gabby Bernstein, and she does this incredible Spirit Junkie Masterclass where she teaches people how to manifest media for their message, how to find their audience, and how to make money doing their healing work. I'm going to be sending out emails about the free video training, so you can, and, and when you sign up for those videos, I'm offering all sorts of stuff that I'm going to teach you what I've learned over the years. So if you get on my email like today, you'll start seeing those emails from me. Um, and I'd love to get you this free information because it's so valuable. And if you follow what she says in a year's time, you can quit your job and do your healing work full time. Gabby Bernstein, author, speaker. We love her. Very cool. Awesome. Thanks for coming. Out. And he drops the mic and Ryan, he just left. out. Yes, that's a retrograde that time everyone loves it i hear the i hear the sound of the song oh roses and thorns roses and thorns it just came to me in my head it's beautiful yeah i know we're really keeping it chill today we are i feel like we're like manically chill yeah everything's fine we swear (laughs) we love it how's everybody at home great what's your rose my rose Ooh, i'm loving this okay so through the gift of this show Mm mm-hmm I've been just upping my vitamin intake game mm-hmm. as a whole. We've had I pretty I feel like every guest we've had on has dropped some kind of knowledge. Yeah. I started MSN, uh, MSM, MSM, not MSNBC, <laughs> the supplement, MSM sulfur powder. Yeah, yes. MSM pycnogenol. 
and uh he shoo well the other the third magnesium oh, so right. started on that and the he shoo woo my nails have never been longer elizabeth it's had insane. like tiny like baby nails All, my whole life and it looked like she bit them but she didn't i just have never had white showing in my nails ever and now she has these like long beautiful like put together art teacher nails yeah it's been cool to kind of adopt these new practices mm-hmm. and kind of see what's happening and yeah. i feel great which is wonderful but I recently signed up for this website called Thrive Market. And this is going to sound like a paid endorsement, but it isn't. But if you guys want it to but be, hi, we're Thrive open to Market. it. <laughs> Shout out to Thrive Market. Um, yeah. It's basically the, an online Costco for wellness products. Everything from like groceries to vitamins to beauty products. That's an incredible resource. Yeah. I, it's just been fun to check out and save money on this stuff. And so. do you feel the effects? Do you feel differently? Well, I'm like three days into the stuff that Annie, last week's guest, mm-hmm. talked about. So, so you can't really tell. Can't really tell. But right now I feel awesome. Mm-hmm. Aside from, I've, I mean, I cried yesterday. So I think I feel But cleansed. that's just part of being a person. Right. You know? So I feel yeah. really good about that. The post-cry elevation. Your hair and nails both look incredible. Thank you so much. So I feel like it's working. Should my, I do my rose? Yeah, let's, let's do that. Well, guys, I know I talked about this last week, but getting a television has just been so rewarding. And I'm even thinking of upping it to cable. What? Oh. I know. I know. I know. Grandma in Everyone the house. relax. But the idea of watching a commercial and being pissed off at it is so appealing to me right now. Just seeing something that I can just straight up be like, that's hilarious and stupid and that's what our world has come to. I think I need a little of that in my life. I think I need a little of the back. Like, I'm pushing so hard on this, like, holistic front, like, mm-hmm. really, like, trying to live my best life. But, like, I have begun to feel, like, a little bit out of touch with, like, cultural references. You need to be pulled back in. For the past seven years. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm trying to learn about Snapchat, and it's, like, fucking trying to run for president. It's so goddamn hard. I can't do it. So the TV has just I, – I lay in my room. I turn it on. I watch it a little, I turn it off, then I'm in my bed, I'm doing some reading, I'm doing some journaling. It's like weirdly making me more productive. I feel that. And I just want to say thank you, Netflix and Vizio, for making your products What's Vizio? financially accessible. Vizio is a type of television. It's a smart TV. All I had to do is sign into my brother's Netflix account and my mom's Hulu account, and I'm off to the races. Whoa, Steph, you're schooling me right now. And I got a Roku. So pretty soon I'll have HBO Go and Showtime On Demand. I mean, see you later. Remote. (laughs) And I have a remote. (laughs) Do you guys understand? Watching things on your laptop is the most, yeah, (laughs) is so fine. But there's just something so like comforting and like old timey about having a remote. TV is the new Etsy for me right now. Okay. And I can't speak high enough about it. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that it doesn't ruin my life. What about your thorn? The potential that television is going to ruin your life. Yeah, my thorn is the possibility that this is the worst thing I've ever done for myself and I don't pay off the Best Buy credit card they gave me. So I have a lighthearted thorn today. Okay, that's great. My thing with socks. You know this about me. My socks never match. Yeah. Well, does anybody's? Some people do. Who are these incredibly super heroic people who have matching socks? You are? So I have this theory. I I want everybody to think about this within themselves and also maybe – after you're done having the conversation about what you want to let go of and bring in for the new year, have this equally as important conversation. How do people store their socks? I think that this says a lot about somebody's personality. Okay. I myself, because I can't be bothered with pairing them because for some reason they always get 
swallowed by the dryer. See, or, I see you as a person who like is a psycho and like pins her socks together. One would think that actually isn't me. Yeah. I keep them in a brown paper shopping bag on my doorknob so when I find them just like sporadically throughout my house, I can just like throw it in the bag. It's so bizarre. I have that with a box, a right. brown box. So Mike and your boyfriend and I were talking about this and we yeah. were like, I feel like this is a personality theory. And so I'm going to test it out. So let's go one level deeper. Yeah, let's. If you keep your socks in a bag, what is that saying about you? That you're always on the – you're always ready to on the shop move. with your socks in, on you. Like what is it? <laughs> like you just – you're not committing to like a plastic container? Like maybe just upgrade. Maybe. You, you think maybe one day you're not going to have your feet so you're just ready to throw them away at any point? Whoa. That's a thought. Well, mine were like really bad. I had like two – I had a box – that was like overflowing and then like then they were just also stacked on the floor and then my dad came to town and was like how many of these socks are you really wearing and how many of them match and then I started going through them and then I had like an entire garbage bag to get rid of and then I still kept a full box but the box to me is like really impressive yeah I'm, I'm impressed by that and there's so there's this woman uh, I think Mar- that's, that says I want to be organized but like I'm still sort of like Ratchet. Right. So this woman, Marie Kondo, she has this book called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. (sighs) Need you, Marie. And she says that just in general, anything that doesn't spark joy in your life needs to go, like in your setting. That's the core idea. I'm going to get rid of my dog. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Carlos, I love you, baby. I love you. Um, And She also says that if you you shouldn't bundle your socks up, okay, but you should lay them flat and fold them. Why? Because that's their happy they don't, place. They yeah, that's their happy place, I guess. Okay. And but the socks in general, like it's to me, it's a burden. So maybe it's just Time sandals and sweaters sandals. all winter. Yeah, oh yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I don't know socks. That's my rant. I, I feel like socks are like the universal like uniter of people where people are like, I'm always losing them. I can't keep it. T-. Nobody has it figured out. There are those people who pin their socks together. There's a woman in my building who's th- who does that. Every time before she puts her socks in the laundry, she pins them together. And I'm like, that's a the amount process. of dedication and focus it takes to do that, I, I, I'm just not I, there. So I think we're on to something here in terms of someone's sock personality. But imagine how good you would feel about yourself if you like sat and you was like, I'm going to pin these. And it just was like this like very meditative – I could see that as being a, a meditation, but... But then what's... I worry about in organizing things, the, I worry about the line. Like, I think part of the reason why I'm so messy is because I know that if I start paying attention to it, I'm going to get obsessive and, like, lose my mind. So it's better to, like, not pay full attention than try to, like... Because then it's like, I didn't do it. And then I'm, like, judging and, like, controlling little yeah. tiny aspects. And I'm, like, really scared of that part this of anybody's personality. is telling me that we probably need an organizer on this show. Yes. Marie Kondo, if you're out there, hit us up. All right. I'm going to do my thorn. And it's pretty sad. But I just want everyone to think about what they can do to make the world a more light place. Um, Elizabeth and I were um, had the honor of being asked to go to Summit, um, which is a conference in Utah with young entrepreneurs and artists and people. They're trying to build a community. And I was invited there to go do stand-up. And another person that was invited there was the shaman named Rafael Berajos, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. I'm not totally sure. Um, And he was there and he was healing people with his didgeridoo and giving talks on love and light. He was a sound healer. And he had multiple didgeridoos. People were putting their head in it. And he, the whole weekend, everyone was talking about how incredible he was. And 
when I got off stage, actually half the people that were going to be at the performance were in the other room in the ashram listening to the didgeridoo. And then the following day, I sat and listened to him. He gave everyone tiny rubber chickens as a representation of, like, to ask for help. And stopping is apoyo in Spanish. He gave us the tiny rubber chickens to remind us to stop being chicken shit and to ask for help and to open up and to like remember to like love and support each other and he just believed in like the healing power of like humanity and and other healing modalities like sound and but we learned this weekend um he was in egypt and he was part of a 12 person excursion that was mistaken by the egyptian military as terrorists and him and his entire group were murdered by the government and I don't really have that much to say on that except for that we just live in a world with a lot of senseless violence and I know we can't control what like a military is going to do and we don't have a voice in that way in terms of the government but I think it's valuable just to like look at his life as an example and like ask yourself how can you spread any amount of love and any amount of kindness to any people that you meet and also if you have curiosity about someone and you come across them to take the time to talk to them and get involved with them because you just don't know what's gonna happen so that's my thorn may he rest in peace sorry i know that's super heavy but it is, he- real it is world heavy shit. but it's real and uh it's a really sad senseless story that uh, part of us having this podcast is to talk about the things that are important to us and that affect us. And Mm -hmm. this is something that happened this week that was really, really heartbreaking news that affected the entire community of people. Just goes to show, as you said, like you never know the effect you can have on people. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, what I am taking away from this story is how much he affected and had a beautiful impact on every single person that came, Mm -hmm. that he came in contact with a couple weekends ago when we Mm -hmm. all shared that beautiful weekend together yeah what kind of impact can we have each of us Mm -hmm. you know it's it's as little as just smiling at a person down the street 100% or asking someone like how their day is or like taking time to listen like it's so easy so easy I think we should come back to something a little lighter for us tonal shift because I think we honored him and that's beautiful um Why don't we talk about, uh, in the spirit of Yom Kippur, things that should be let go of this year in popular culture. Uh, Things that we're sick of hearing about or things that we are just like done with. Like for me, who are the Republican candidates for president? I'm done with 90% of them. (laughs) Let it go. You're not going to win. Number one. Just randoms running for president in general. like. What are the qualifications again? I'm like, who is like, anyone? If Donald Trump can run for president, that means that literally anyone with enough money, like Kanye West, could run for president. That's, I mean, how <laughs> fucking scary is that? Like, if Donald Trump wins, it makes a mockery of like the entire political system. But I do, unpopular opinion, shadily love him because he's the most entertaining person I've ever seen. He says the craziest things i don't understand how it's possible yeah and my obsession is his battle that he's had with rosie o'donnell since 2006 <laughs> yeah it's literally my favorite he thing. Her a loser <laughs> like their twitter battle is hilarious i'm gonna cnn did like a timeline of their their whole feud it's incredible so donald trump it's time to let it go just i think in general 
randoms running for president right. in general is something I want to let go of. Okay. Something to call in to that is yeah. I'm really into looking at, like, for instance, Bernie Sanders yeah. in the 90s, in the 80s. How he was always like this. How he was always like this. And it's so cool to see that before these uh, politicians were in the spotlight in the manner that they are now, hear what they stood for and how passionate they were about their causes. Also kind of on the presidential tip yeah. is making grown adults seem cool by making them do like really asinine things are you talking about hillary clinton doing the nay nay yes that really bothered elizabeth i thought it was i was like she's having a great time she looked like she was having so much fun so on ellen degeneres her ellen's dj came on and taught hillary clinton who's in her 60s looking in a pants smashing in a pantsuit how to do the whip and the nay nay i also can't believe that's a song i'm ready to put that in the let it go pot that too. Okay. Let that go. Yeah. But like, why are we, like, why? Like, well, I'm good with that. Thanks so much. I know why. It's because politics is so stuffy and so inaccessible and no one fucking votes who's young. And so these people are going on like Ellen and Trump went on Fallon and did some sketch because they're trying to appeal to a younger generation and relate to them and seem like humans. Yeah, I'm cool with that. But like also like keep it respectable. Like I feel like I I just hope that she did it out of her own will and just wasn't like someone in her team being like, no, no, no. It'll resonate with the kids. Like I don't like, ugh. I know. And it's also, I think that song is like really odd. I don't, watch me whip, watch me me nae nae. I don't, I. It's a dance. I can't. To me, it speaks about something different I can't even talk about. (laughs) I don't get it. Uh, What else? Uh, Let go of, I watched a video. Mm -hmm. Someone posted it actually on Instagram. And it was, I guess the Kardashians were like in New York City. Mm -hmm. It was Kim and Kanye and some other people from their camp. Right. Tribe. I can't wait for you to get involved with the Kardashians once you go full cable on TV. No, I've watched Kardashians with you. Right. I understand the appeal on some level. Mm-hmm. But the level that they're at, like in this video, it's literally like the fucking Queen of England gets out of a car. It's like a mob of people and like so many pictures and everyone's like, they're clapping and howling. I'm like, what the fuck has Kim yeah. Kardashian like it's ever really done besides like be excellent at posting a selfie and genius at turning a sex scandal into like worldwide fame a and business. marrying Kanye West? Like she hasn't done anything of any real value. And so for people, it's like, mm. we're just like retarded. We're like, woo! Like, what? I'm like, let it go. I mean, she can still exist. She yeah. can still do her business. She can still do what she wants. But like, the obsession. I mean, where people are paying per month to play as Kylie Jenner. Oh, it's her app. Let it go. Right. That's Number going in the pot. Right now. Yeah. And to that, I say more Chris Jenner. Fine. Enough with this Caitlyn stuff. At least, at least Chris is Chris, the one who's making all the moves. She's the puppeteer. I mean, I'm, I'm interested. It. If she were to come clean and let us know what's really going on behind her eyes, I would be interested. Like, in that. I'm considering to have kids just to go the way of Chris Jenner and momager them. Well, I already do that to my dog. He doesn't like it. Thorn, Carlos won't let me take selfies of him right now. You know what I'd like? He's you over know my I'm stage momming. I would like for you to change Carlos with the C to a K as an homage to the Jenners. Putting that in the let that go box. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> okay. And and with this tangent that we've done, I do want to say I would like to call in being more informed in general. Yes. Because we've had some pretty cringeworthy moments this past year on, on this show in which we literally sound asinine. We don't know what we're talking about. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. But like to. Now we're 30. 
Almost. Yeah. Well, I've I've made plenty of mistakes in, as a 30-year-old these few months. That will and not happen to me when I turn 30 exactly. in three months. It won't. I'm all for just like being more informed in general. The, this election is a great place to start. It was really interesting watching the GOP debates and getting to know uh, a party that I don't necessarily align with. I'm ready to open up to any possibility in terms of politics. Show me a socially conscious candidate. And I'll listen. And I will listen. I'm with you. One more thing I want to call in. Don't say Kardashians because I'll be really We're upset. done with the Kardashians. Okay, I okay, think that we okay. should probably just not talk about them on this show. Why? Because we disagree so heavily? No, because it's like they're they're inundated every other right. crevice of media. Like right. Crevice with a K. Um, <laughs> we should just not. But I do <laughs> want to like, say that uh, on, a more, on another lightly serious note, uh, this idea of compassion being... Uh, something that's freely available. Mm-hmm. It's been an idea that was planted within me. I'd heard someone speak on this, the idea that love is not a pie, that uh, once you give a slice of it, it you are then lacking that slice. Mm-hmm. And it, like I heard that, I, I processed it in my brain and was like, okay, this is something I could practice. This is something that I can bring with me. Mm-hmm. And this idea of... Uh, Compassion being readily available and being something that I can give freely, and it put does nothing to me. It does not put me out. It it it's really fed my soul, and I my heart has opened mm-hmm. as a result. Just calling that in more when you when you are able to adopt a practice that you can literally feel. So you catch yourself in the moment of judgment, and then you ask yourself, "Do I have compassion for this, or do right. I judge this?" Exactly, and. Uh, I I have to. I'm happy to report my heart is more open as a result to this. I wanted to tell you, you seem like a better person. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Because I cried yesterday. No, I think that's really beautiful, and and I love that as a note to end on. Like going into the into the new year, and as we look back on the years past, like yeah, we could all have a little bit more compassion. We're all caught up in our own stuff, and um, I think in not having compassion and closing our hearts to other people, we do it to ourselves too. And then it, it makes it even harder to, to be in your own bliss when you don't allow other people's to be in theirs. Other people's good job stuff. Yeah. We're doing it. Yeah. Um, so we wish everyone a happy new year. Goys too. Everybody. Yeah. Even the Kardashians. I feel like Jewish New Year should be for Christians the way that Christmas is for Jews in that we also celebrate. Absolutely. But we don't go to church. Right. So you guys can party without temple, which is ideal. Yeah. Uh, oh. You can find us at uh, So Retrograde on Instagram and Twitter. That's So Retrograde.com. I'm at Steph Sambari. She's at Elizabeth Cott. We're on Snapchat, much to my chagrin, but it's at So Retrograde. Right. So is that- why don't you watch Snapchat and watch Elizabeth try to get me involved? Yeah. It's ugly. Calling that in? Yeah, I'm going to call know. in more acceptance towards social media platforms. To that. <laughs> Keep it real, everybody. Yeah. And keep up with yourselves. yourselves. Don't you say it. Don't you say <laughs> Kardashians. I'm gotta go. I'm strangling Elizabeth. <laughs> um, let's thank Ryan Weiss again for being here. You can check him out again at wakinguplithryan.com. Check us out at that's so retrograde.com. We're gonna post some Mystic Mama stuff about the retrograde. Yep, yep. yep. Also posted on Twitter. Yep. Um, we're gonna keep it cute with the K, all of the Kardashians. I don't sign off on that. Apples and honey for everybody and a lox plate. With bagels. With bagels for you and yours. Yeah. Happy New Year. Shalom. Shalom. The goodbye and peace one. (laughs) Yes, that's a retrograde.